Well, Maji, in other programs you've addressed the topic of time as an illusion, and I thought to ask the question, what is time? That's a very interesting question. Right now I am working on the movie script of my book, The Time Tunnel, in which two children go into, uh, through a tunnel into timelessness, and from timelessness they're able to go backward and forward in time. But time doesn't exist. Time is an illusion. Time is right now. Timelessness is the reality. And time is sort of a, a great um, vortex around that central reality of timelessness. So when God manifests space, when God manifests movement, with movement there comes time. Time and movement are inextricable. You can't have time if there's no movement. Somebody's tongue went back and he went into a cataleptic state and fell into a well and was discovered a hundred years later and he scolded people for delaying his supper. He didn't realize he'd been gone for a hundred years. But time, it depends on movement. And when there's movement, there's time. But it's all very iffy, because if the movement is rapid, it seems like time is passing more quickly. It's all an illusion. So that sense that, because some days seem to drag on forever, and some days just fly yes, by in a, yes. in a moment. Yeah. It's a question of our own awareness of it? It's a question of our own awareness, but of course there's a cosmic time, too. The... Uh, day keeps going, the clocks don't, clocks don't change. It may seem to take forever for someone to come, and he'll still come when he will come, and the clocks don't become faster or slower. So it's your perception of it. But there's also cosmic time. You know, there's a very interesting experience. Yogananda said that great miracles are shown only to people who are highly advanced. His second most advanced disciple was Yogacharya, Oliver Black. And Oliver Black told me personally this story. When he was once visiting Encinitas, visiting Master in Encinitas, Yogananda, and uh, Yogananda sent word to him that he wanted him to go for a ride. Well, it was raining cats and dogs, and Yogacharya Oliver looked out the window, he saw rain pouring. He said, how are we going to go out for a ride? We can't We'll probably not see anything even with the windows of the cars with a rain like this. He left his door, however. He had faith, so he left his room just a few yards to the front door. When he came out the front door, it was completely blue sky. The ground was dry. The car was dry. There was no sign that there had been a rain. And Yogananda looked at him with a slight smile. He said, for you, Oliver. Well, how could the how could Master change the dream to that extent? It had been one kind of day and suddenly he made it another kind of day. It's all a dream anyway. But the time that he, he dreams the centuries, he dreams the minutes, it's all a cosmic dream in the end. In God, time does not pass. And that is how in, I've said that in this particular yuga or time age, age of time, we will discover the illusion of space. We'll go to other planets. It may be that we'll even go to the most distant galaxies because 
In fact, space being illusory, the most distant galaxy is no farther away from you than your own hand. That's a hard concept for us to grasp right now. But then it says that in the next, the Treta Yuga, the, the next higher age, the delusion of time will be destroyed. People will communicate by telepathy. They won't use words then. And uh, the, the, uh, they'll, they'll know this illusion of time. Well, a very interesting proof of that is in um, two readings in the descending. There are cycles of time like this. And in the descending Treta Yuga, there are two books or treatises that were written predicting the lives of people who would live in the future. And I found my own life and other people have found their lives in two of these treatises. One is known as Brigu Sangita. And in Brigu he told many things about my life that didn't seem possible, but they turned out to be true. And then there's another one I found more recently, Agastya, who was in South India. And a number of people have gone there and he found, they found their lives. They took, the well, in a man's case, the right thumbprint, and a woman's case, the left thumbprint. And from that, they were able to find this reading, which told about my, my life. It was incredible. And the odd thing about my life was that when they came to give me that reading, there was an enormous storm that began the moment they started. And... Trees were uprooted, thunder, lightning, rain just flooded the streets. When I came out later, the streets were completely flooded. And uh, as soon as the reading stopped, the storm stopped. I can't figure that out. Normally I would have said it was an inauspicious sign, but um, I guess he had to say something to call to my attention that this was an important reading. And that was the only way he could think to do it or something. I don't know. But it's come true. And he said I would be doing movies. I had not thought of doing movies, but I'm doing movies now. And several things for the future. It's, it's amazing how... But in those, in those days, they, could, they had did, conquered the illusion of time. And now and past, those things are all one. It's all in the great mind of God. Swami... Um, is it helpful to get a reading like that? I think it can be helpful. I wouldn't um, say rush to India and get a reading, but some people have been helped by it. You'll live your life anyway, but it can help you to know what you should do. For example, in my case, it helps me to know that I have to take my, my mission seriously. It seems like it's an important mission. And he said that. But would would knowing the future, I mean, supposing someone goes to a, get a reading and finds out that he's going to have a disastrous death coming up. I think that it tells you the helpful things. I have not heard that it tells you harmful things. I don't know for sure, but that's what I believe. How to, is it helpful to get to the sense of timelessness? Absolutely. It helps us to, anything that takes us away from this dream, to tell yourself that space doesn't matter, time doesn't matter, is certainly helpful. Like in when I'm at the dentist and don't take Novocaine, to tell myself this pain doesn't exist, 
this body doesn't exist, or if the pain is extreme, then my reality is much larger than this body. So I'm aware of just this tiny little pain here, and it's not really affecting me. So the dentist may be perspiring with sympathetic pain, but I'm composing a song or working out some point of philosophy or something and not even thinking about the pain. It helps to, de to deny the reality of the, unre the unreality. It helps to realize this is a dream. So anything you can do to disassociate yes. yourself from the body. And that's why I say with your ego, never say, I am suffering, I am hungry, I'm being insulted, I am famous, I am uh, successful, I've won. Don't get into the competitive match people get into. Just go along and call me on your own way. Lomi, it's kind of a mind bender to think of time as an illusion. Does it mean that all of the incarnations, the reincarnations, they're all happening in the same moment? Yes, in a way it's true. Everything is happening right now. But because we see it in time, therefore it's in the past. But it's all right now in God. But when you reach oneness with Him, then you have to remember all your past lives, and they come before you in the form of visions. And let's say you as a pirate, you have to realize that it wasn't you, it was God dreaming that dream too. And you have to see this whole sequence of incarnations as just His dream. When you've realized that He did it all, he was responsible, your ego was never involved. Then you attain what is known as moksha or complete liberation. And most people, when they reach that state, remember Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. You must realize that you are God. That doesn't mean you, the human being, are God. But God is you and there's no other reality which means when you merge in him, you become him. Does that mean you forget everything except that? No. You still have that memory of having been Dharmadas and different individuals all through those incarnations. You still have your own particular take on bliss. This is one beautiful thing Yogananda said. He explained Satchitananda, the definition of God that Shankaracharya gave, which most books say existence, consciousness, bliss, doesn't mean much. Yogananda said it means ever existing, ever conscious, then he added ever new bliss. The, the ever newness of it explains to my mind why God created the universe in the first place. It's the nature of bliss to want to manifest itself in ever new ways. And so naturally it will manifest itself as the universe. And you in your life will find that you are a particular manifestation of that bliss. Nobody else will ever express it in exactly the way you do. So there's something very holy and very special about you as an individual, that when you find God, you will be one with his bliss, but you will also have that own unique special manifestation of bliss that was in your incarnations. You, when people pray to you after you've become a saint, it will be you, it won't be God taking that form. 
it will be you who come back to them and manifest to them. If you pray to St. Francis, you'll get him. You won't get St. Augustine. God in that particular form, even though it is still God, it's a mystery beyond real comprehension. And it's absolutely wonderful to contemplate how great God is, that he encompasses everything. He is everything and he is nothing. It is and it isn't and neither is it nor is it not. <laughs> but when you find that infinite bliss, only those very few people who have great compassion for mankind come back into this world to help people. And those are the avatars. Jesus Christ, Krishna, Yogananda, Babaji, other great incarnations of God, they are called because they come with his full power to uplift and to save other souls.